It's time to lead the people. The show for aspiring leaders at every level. If you want to boost your self-confidence, get noticed, and maximize your impact by leading others, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Matt Pepsel. Ready to lead? Follow me. Are you listening and learning or are you kind of missing the point that you've just been given the gift of self-awareness and you didn't take it and, and kind of make it something that helped you grow? That was Dr. Greg Barnett. He's the chief people scientist at Intergage, the provider of a leading employee engagement platform. Greg is an industrial organizational psychologist who's done stints at Hogan Assessments and IBM Conexa. More recently, Greg and I worked together at the Predictive Index. He's as entertaining as he is knowledgeable. And as soon as I launched my podcast, I couldn't wait to get Greg onto the show. Today, we're talking about how leaders gain self-awareness, the type of environments that help and hinder awareness, and the type of feedback that can send developing leaders down the wrong path. Greg and I are fast thinkers and fast talkers. That means sometimes we go a bit off the rails, and this conversation was no exception. Let's listen in. All right, Greg, thanks so much for joining me today. Really happy to have you on the show. Matt, it's great to be here. Great to be part of your podcast. So I can't think of anybody I'd rather talk to about today's topic, which is going to be all about self-awareness. I know that it's uh, it's important and I can't wait to get your perspective on it. How does self-awareness begin to show up in our work as leaders? I think you as a leader go through a journey and at some point in your position, your uh, in your career, it may not be that you're actually a, in charge of anyone leader, but you start to become aware that what you say and what you do um, matter and that people listen, that you have, uh, thoughts, ideas, actions, um, you know, work ethic, things that, uh, are the types of things that people look to and learn from. And along that way, I, I think the idea of getting that self-awareness often comes from feedback, either directly that people give you or from just reflecting on your own successes or failures as you go through your early part of your career. So there's kind of different directions that you get that early self-awareness, but usually it starts with some career um, progression, some responsibility, some level of success, some level of failure. And ultimately those different experiences provide feedback mechanisms to you with the question being, are you listening and learning or are you kind of missing the point that you've just been given the gift of self-awareness and you didn't take it and, and kind of make it something that helped you grow? I don't know. You probably experienced the same thing I have. I find that some people tend to be more naturally introspective, maybe think about uh, self-awareness a little bit, maybe even on their own, much less when confronted with, with feedback, while others are a little bit less comfortable with that. Have, have you seen that as well? Absolutely. There's a real... Um, spread in terms of how people take in and become aware, self-aware. I think one side of it is sort of introspection style. People are, um, they are a little more hard on themselves. They want to improve. So their self-critical nature has them always striving to be better. And that's kind of a natural tendency, a tension inside, which is I can always do better. Yeah, I, I definitely, when I think about my own trajectory and, and my early career experience, I would fall in that first camp that you described, which was very much about being self-critical, being hyper aware of what you're thinking, always striving to get better. And only uh, many, many years later did I, I know that there was sort of a term that's used sometimes, which is the insecure overachiever. 
and you start to think about how how being self-critical it gets tied to your performance and so you're like in order to be at my best you know i really have to be hard on myself and uh it, it's a it's good for performance but it's really lousy as in terms of a lived experience what are some other examples that you've seen and had experience with or that you'd recommend in terms of of tools if you will or or aspects of self-awareness that, that leaders really should have? I mean, I think one of them starts with just being in, for lack of a better term, psychologically safe environments where people are genuine and direct and honest about providing feedback, uh, commentary, criticism, um, helpful hands to help you do better or or react to your failures in a way that kind of gives you a chance to learn about yourself in a, in a safe way. So that's, I think, one of the more natural ways. I, I think you're not always aware you're getting the self-awareness at those moments until you reflect later, but they're a very natural way to start to realize where you shine and where you suck, basically. As you were saying that, it made me think of this question. What do you do when you're given a piece of feedback or some insight uh, and you develop some self-awareness and it's not altogether positive. Like what's a common reaction that you've seen when you have to deliver to somebody? We've all got blind spots. We've all got potential pitfalls in our in our personality. But what's the best way to sort of, of uh, confront something like that when or I should say to experience it when you're confronted with it? Yeah, I mean, I think the there there's a couple of mindsets out there. Right. And I think there's like the positive psychology movement which says, you know, when you, when you realize you have blind spots, celebrate your strengths, lean into your strengths, you know, don't try to fix your failures as much. I mean, you, you don't, if they're complete derailers, then you need to, you need to numb them down at least, but that's one mindset mindset. And I think, so, you know, from a, a learning perspective, you would take some of that negative feedback and say, okay, this may be something I'm not great at. I can always get better, but let me do what I do best more so I can um, still be successful. I think another mindset is more around uh, development minded and the idea that there are things we do that we're not aware of that happen when we're stressed, that, um, that are career limiters, um, that we really do need to, to kind of to listen to. And a lot of times they hit you really core because they're what makes you unique in your mind or they're, they're, you know, who you are and you, you feel personally slighted. You feel like your, your personal self is being attacked. And I think when that happens, a lot of times, just delivering that feedback to others and also having gotten it, you really have to paint, paint the picture in terms of, Hey, well, kind of what you said, everybody has many of these areas to work on. These just happen to be yours. Um, that they're unique to you, but that it's okay, that it's all right, that you, you're going to, it's a, it's a continual improvement of trying to find out how to be better in your career with your relationships and, and so forth. So that defensive reaction is expected, but you have to kind of muscle through it, whether it's yourself and, and see that it's for your own better or whether you're giving it to someone else and help them see that, that you're not slighting their character you're trying to help them have more success in something that's important to them in life. I really like that too, because I feel like, especially when you talk about something like personality as opposed to more technical skills, I think that 
as you were describing that, where I started to think about my early career, I really worked hard to develop sort of a baseline of, of capability across a lot of different types of personality traits. But obviously, I was never going to be something I'm not. But in my mid-career, I realized that I was never going to be all that great at some things that were natural weaknesses for me. So instead of trying to be well-rounded, now I started to lean into strengths a little bit more to be sort of uh, develop a reputation for something, to develop a capability in something a little bit more specific. So I don't know. I, I guess if my counsel to you know, early career leaders would be certainly try to figure out what you're all about and, and try to learn you know, what, what uh, your, your unique composition is. And then work to not just accept it's too early in your career to just say, well, I guess I'm not detail oriented, so I just never have to do that. No, you probably do have to do that. But just know that by the time you get to mid-career and later, you're, you're going to be able to lean into your strengths. You don't have to be, you know, you're not going to be supremely proficient at everything. That's just not real, realistic. Totally agreed. Like, I, I believe like earlier career, you have people above that expect you to fulfill a job role. And a lot of times those job roles, I mean, the research shows like conscientiousness is the number one predictor of job performance because most jobs, especially where most people are, using that as an example, you need to show up on time, you need to follow through on your commitments, you need to do things with the level of quality, right? Like those are your starting points to building sort of points with people and, and being successful. But even if I take myself as an example, I'm probably one of the least science science leaders you'll meet and it's not because um you know i'm not a good knowledge of science person but i'm not a very good uh i'm not the person who's going to sit down and analyze data all day um but i had to do that in my early career i'm not the someone who's going to be the best at statistics but i had to do that in my early career and so over time you you know i did start to craft it towards where do i make an impact given my skill set and, and also, I think being upfront with people who are either hiring you or you work with that when things don't aren't natural strengths that you you allow yourself to be honest with people that you're going to do your darndest. But, you you know, you're, you're if you're looking for someone to write a hundred page tech manual, there's probably better people to do it. And and you leave that as something that's worth a discussion, at least before you jump headlong in and maybe fail along the way. Yeah, and I think that for me personally, the the amount of confidence I have to say what I'm not good at now is because I developed a reasonable proficiency in some of those things. So you've really yeah. got me thinking more about early career. My top priority was probably identifying gaps in my game and trying to get to a, a baseline or a minimal set of proficiency in, in pretty much all aspects of what it takes to be successful at work. So for me, that would have included things like project management or uh, you know those types of things, which they have since long left me. But as an yeah. early career person, I wanted to show that I could actually do those things. But then later on now, it's like, okay, now have the good sense, please, to not try to get in everybody else's way when it comes to doing those things and uh, get people on your team who are naturally, that's their dream work. Uh, I think I've developed a healthy respect for it. You know, So a lot of times like detail orientation, you and I are shared in, in that regard. I love having people on my team who are great at that because I am just not. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, mine would be like public speaking or sort of leading training. Like when I started off my career, it was terrible and I was nervous and I had anxiety about it. Um, but here's a kind of the other example is I still had to do it. And by doing it, I actually turned out that it was something I ended up enjoying, was reasonably good at, especially like running two day training sessions, keeping a 
team, group of people energized, putting some humor into it. Um, and, you know, had I, had I gone with my initial gut, which was, I hate this, I'm not good at it, it makes me nervous, I don't think I ever would have also taken the chance to, or, or learned that, in fact, uh, it's something that may be more of a strength. So I do think there's also in this early career progression of becoming self-aware, sometimes we believe we're not good at things or that we're, um, you know, because of a lack of experience or a lack of confidence that we're not going to be successful. And that if you don't do certain things, you put yourself in a bucket of not, you, you, you actually categorize it as I'm not good at this. When in fact, you've just never uh, built the muscle enough to have a fair test of whether you actually are good at it. So you and I can speak probably pretty honestly that detail isn't our thing. But if you go along the line and say, you came to that based on an informed opinion of not only you, but probably other people who said, eh, there's a lot of typos or this could be better organized. But, you know, if you hadn't done that, maybe could have turned out you were actually pretty good at it. Right. And so that's, I think, important part of getting self-awareness is you, you, you need to actually find out what you are good and not good at and our own conscious and unconscious biases and self-protection mechanisms are going to are going to keep you away naturally from trying things that are uncomfortable in a lot of cases. I really love thinking about this concept of especially early career and emerging leaders, maybe a leader who's kind of hit a plateau and is going and doing some soul searching and thinking about, you know, what am I all about? What do I want this next phase of my leadership to be all about? To really think that there are specific aspects of self-awareness that uh, can be increased, you know, that can be either sought out on your own, or you can ask for others, uh, you know, what they're seeing is your strengths and, and opportunities for improvement. It's, it's just such a critical thing to have in terms of, of self-awareness. Yeah. And by the way, I think that the, there's like a way of that people, when they hear self-awareness, I think it can feel um, nebulous. And so like, I think there are like four different areas, maybe roughly to, that people should be thinking about. I mean, one of them is their internal self-awareness. So how do they handle stress and emotion? Um, how do you think about things? Are you a negative or positive person? Do you, we talked about details. Are you, do you like rules? Do you not like details? It's stuff like what's your operating system? Because, you know, I think a lot of times, and you see this in a lot of the mental health situations we have now, people are, have a really hard time being open and transparent with how they handle stress. For example, it's, you know, in our society for, we're often, often, sort of told, hey, you need to be, you never let them see you sweat. And, you know, I, I believe that they're just at that level, getting in touch with whether you feel anxious, anxiety, what worries you, uh, whether you don't feel it is really important. And then you think there's how you interact with people. It's like interpersonal self-awareness. How do you come across? Um, funny story, Matt, I know you wouldn't be surprised, but throughout my life, people have said, gosh, sometimes you're so loud. And I just got annoyed. Like, I am not. And then I was at a dinner one time and a table of people decided to get up and like move away from me and someone else who was equally loud. And boy, that was embarrassing. And that level of embarrassment made me realize that, no, I, I really am loud. And, and I, and, you know, again, those sort of things start to get in your head and say, people might see you a certain way. That's another one. And then there's that leadership level self-awareness, like how do what I do lead to people to be motivated or 
you know, avoid things or, you know, how perform better, uh, be inspired. And, and you can see that, I'm sure, when you think about leadership self-awareness, a few words misplaced at the wrong time from a person in charge can send people down one heck of the wrong path. And, you know, I think there's there's a level of awareness to just knowing that your words carry weight. And then there's finally like skills. What are you good at? How do you make decisions? Yeah, the other thing that made me think of is uh, context is important when we talk about strengths. I was working at a software company that got acquired and my ability to innovate and produce, you know, creative product was not a good fit anymore for a company that really was all about something else. And it reminded me of Aquaman, that poor bastard. <laughs> like they have to come up with all these artificial ways that, you know, we have to be near water so that he can really shine, you know, you're like, oh, what are we doing here? Yeah. It, yeah. So that's a, so maybe that's like one of the stuff when you feel like you're getting Aquaman, they're like, look, so you're a really creative person, but we don't need it anymore. So we're going to give you um, a role in our graphic design. You're like, I, I'm not, I don't know how to do that. Well, exactly. it's the only place we do creativity. Well, I mean, you know that that's, uh, again, the, the thing where when you see that happen, a lot of times, you know, it's time to change places rather than have them changed on you or or be fit into a situation where you're liked. So we'll, they'll find you a workaround, but that workaround is just not a great fit for what you really want to do. Yeah, it can still be a strength. It should just go be a strength somewhere else. Yeah, and things change. And I think being, this is the other thing about self-awareness a lot of times is we feel like, oh, it's it's this terrible news I have to deliver that you're not exceptional at everything. Well, yeah, no doubt. Imagine that. You're not exceptional at everything. Big big deal. You know, but you need to be proficient at, at enough at things. But it's like, why is this news? Like everybody has chinks in their armor. It's okay to be imperfect. And I, I hope that we're evolving in our workforces to a point where it's okay to not be, you know, you don't want to create this mentality that we all have to be perfect all the time because it's just not realistic. No. So when I was out on the, the job market, kind of getting to know a lot of really great companies, one of the things that the gift of self-awareness gave me was the ability to be confident in who I wanted them to, to confident in who I was and what I could do for them and not um, try to sell them on my ability to do, solve all their problems. And I thought that was a real gift. And I could see how you'd go in the wrong way at those times. You really find yourself trying to tell them you can do everything and therefore never finding a good place where you really fit and shine. You know, or maybe better said, you were being being genuine. Self-awareness gives you the ability to be eventually genuine about what you can do for a company. And if you imagine like when you're, especially when the markets are tough and people are all looking for jobs, you know, people are get pretty desperate and say things like, I can do it. You know, I can do that. And they, you know, all these interview tricks to win an interview. And I think sometimes that's misguided because you're then trying to fit yourself into somewhere just to get a job where you're ultimately not going to be happy or successful at it. Um, and if you're more self-aware, you know that upfront. So you don't go through all that pain just to learn that you didn't belong there in the first place. You know what I love about that story? You're Aquaman. You're like, Hey, if you need somebody to come in here and talk to fish and like ride around on dolphins, I'm your guy, but you need to, you need to fly to the top of the building. No, I'm not your cat. Exactly. I was like, look, I'm a underwater mofo. I can, I can get that fish to jump through hoops. Yeah. But if you're asking me to jump out and pick a building up and throw it, I'm sorry. Cause now I'm out of my water and 
people, some people would say, oh, we really want someone who can fly. And I'd say, darn it, I don't have those wings, but I can swim like the best of them. So there you go. But, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I think that the, tr the lesson you learn is, is you have to start to become aware of who you are. You can still improve, but you also want to be happy being who you are in your job. Right. And you don't want to have to be that your self-awareness every day is kicking in saying, gosh, I'm terrible at that, but I've got to do it for another 365 days because that is a brutal beatdown that few people need to go through. Self-awareness has a lot of nuances and niches that it's not just a, a thing. There's a lot of, uh, it's a never ending learning path along these kinds of areas where you're continually growing and, or, or at least being faced with realities where you may or may not shine. I think you've nailed it there with learning and growing. You can't do those things without self-awareness. That's the beginning of everything. And if there's no awareness, there's going to be no change. So I, I think that as leaders, it's really important for us to, to double click on that. And you've helped us do that today. So thanks so much for that. Before I let you go, of course, you're one of my favorite people on the planet. I know everybody else is going to enjoy talking to you, listening to you as much as I have. Where can people find out and follow you, learn more about you? Right. So right now um, I'm at uh, Energage. So it's www.energage.com -E or you can go to topworkplaces.com, which is where we have our award-winning cultures, uh, the top workplaces across the U.S., where they proudly show their awards, their badges. And that's all driven by the science of the work that we're doing right now to and find and encourage the great cultures and people first cultures that know how to do things right and also perform at business. Awesome, Greg. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us today and sharing your knowledge with us. You bet. It has been a pleasure. It's been a great time hanging out with you, Matt. All right. Thanks again to my guest, Dr. Greg Barnett. Here are my top three takeaways from today's episode. Number one, pay attention to feedback when it's given to you, but don't be overly self-critical. Make progress. Don't chase perfection. Two, Recognize that self-awareness is a journey and that your developmental efforts should evolve over time. Work to be well-rounded earlier in your career while doubling down on strengths later on. Three, use your self-awareness as a type of North Star and always remain true to yourself so that you don't convince yourself that a situation or a decision is a fit when it actually isn't. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider hitting the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for making this investment in your leadership ability, and thanks for sharing this podcast with another aspiring leader who needs to hear it. All right, leaders, until next time, don't just manage the business when you can lead the people. Bye for now. Uh, the Aquaman we grew up with, he was the one with the green pants yeah. and the orange shirt. And the doo -doo -doo -doo. Exactly. Just, <laughs> that guy sucked. That guy sucks. It was the worst. Get like, out of here, Aquaman. Yeah, how many kids do you think went to Halloween costume stores back when we were kids and were like, I want Aquaman? They're like, sorry, kid, we're all out. Yeah, never. That never happened. <laughs>